1: Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 26 and preview of round 27. This episode is brought to you by Lee Wynn Incorporated, happy to assist you in any way. Uh, no, no, actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by Mike Denton and our very special Patreon guest uh, Winston Messer. How are you all doing tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well, Reed. Doing great. Great, yeah. Uh, unfortunately,
1: Jason is traveling for this Labor Day holiday, and he can't be with us tonight. Uh, and that's that's really unfortunate because I, I I know that he had a great round for uh, for round 26. Uh, he got over 100 points. I think he might have gotten the high scores was it was it jason who did that what was the high score winston i
2: think it was 136 and yeah it says here jason had it yeah i think yeah jason jason did really well so congrats to you
1: man uh i know you're out having fun so good luck with that let's let's go get on to uh round 26 uh guys how did your teams do mike
0: uh i think i had my best week ever uh i had one uh, 29, which was round rank 23, uh, you know, not, not as good as Jason, but uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much hit everything um, except for Rudy and Piotti, and uh, everyone had Piotti, so it wasn't that big of a deal, and forwards are kind of terrible anyway, um, but yeah, Captain uh, Lee Wynn got the 38 points, had Kai Kamara, enjoyed that uh, 19 points off the hat trick, and uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that this was a round to break 100, but apparently it was.
2: Winston? Uh, I did pretty well. I got 106 points. So, I mean, it's no 136 like Jason, but it was enough for Green Arrows in most of my leagues. Uh, it got me my second draw for the season in the MLSFI Patreon League, <laughs> and my one mistake was I didn't trust Mike, always Captain Lee win at home's strategy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't trust him off an injury, I captained Piotti, and that was a 16-point mistake.
1: Yeah. No, I also yeah. made that uh, mistake, though. I I can't really say it was that much of a mistake. Captaining Piotti this round was just kind of playing conservatively. We knew most people were going to do it. Lee Win was a great option. He was coming off that injury, so a little bit questionable. Other picks were questionable, so playing Piotti was, was definitely the conservative way to go this time, so not a lot of change with those ranks because of that. Uh, I did the same thing, but I got 120 points, so I was quite pleased with that turnout. Um, My overall, well, I guess I'll start with my my round rank was 96. So even with 120, uh, still round rank 96. But I was also able to break back into the top 100. Overall rank is 86 now. And my overall score is 2,560 with a value of 116.7. So uh, I was really pleased, glad to Bring in some of those LA players, especially with just the struggles Colorado's had on the road recently. Got me some clean sheets right there, and I was really pleased that I switched from Bush to Cropper at the last minute as my starting goalkeeper. So, and that was all because of that uh, Duval absence. I was like, you know what, I'm going to make some tweaks. So that was that. We got called out for that with our uh, quick picks picture this last week for everyone having Duval on their team. But come <laughs> on, guys, you you know that all this happens early. And I know it was all just for fun, but come on, that—that's what happened. <laughs> we know you're joking, but yeah, all—all uh, all well and good. So, great round ranks for everybody on the show tonight. Um, lots of high scores, uh, green arrows for me, one red arrow, and one blue arrow, which we'll get into later. Uh, notable, fancy takeaways though from this—it uh, was business as usual with New England. Well, well, almost. Business as usual. Lee Wynn was back doing Lee Wynn things. And um, that's what we expect from him when he's at his best. Kamara, first hat trick. Did anyone see that coming?
0: I, I can't say I called a hat trick, but I mean, I said like a few weeks ago, whenever Jonathan Spector was out, I was like, I'm capping Lee Wynn at home that week. And I didn't even realize it was the bye week when I said it. But Orlando without Jonathan Spector is Minnesota United defense in oh. March back. Um, they are collapsing. You know, there, there's a few teams that you can kind of see the implosion happening right now. Colorado is one of them, firing Pablo, and Orlando is the other one. Uh, and when, if they get Spectre back, they, they may be a little bit better. But right now, they're they're awful. They, they have no offensive threat going forward. Dom Dwyer has done absolutely nothing for them. Dom Dwyer did not create. He might have created like one chance uh, in the entire 90 minutes, despite them chasing. Um if you follow a lot of Orlando fans on Twitter, um, it's entertaining in an Arsenal fan TV kind of way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's bad. O- Orlando's a team to be targeting players against right now.
1: Yeah, so we've got Lewin, Kai Kamara, and then uh, Bunbury comes in and gets some points as well. He's been a, he's a recently, not always. He's he's recently become a great cheap point earner. So some easy fantasy targets for New England as you're going forward. Uh, Chicago earns a long sought after win. It's it's been a drought up there, uh, though there was a questionable red card. I have to say um, against Montreal, which did help sort of turn the momentum. 50th minute, so. That's always tough to play with with a man down like that. Piotti struggled, and that was something that we brought up on the show last week. Without those extra pieces in there, uh, he, he found some struggle against the Chicago team. That, even without Dax, is still a very strong team. So I, I think that played out maybe not like many of us hoped uh, with Piotti as the captain, but uh, not completely as a surprise. Would you guys agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, with Piatti not having Jamali, uh, I I think it just shows how much Jamali really helps. And then losing both Piatti and Simon for Montreal, I think, makes a huge defensive difference. Um, And I mean, you know, Chicago really didn't tear them up. I mean, they just got one kind of weird goal off of a a low chance. Uh, I mean, it probably should have been a nothing-nothing or 1-1 draw. Um, you know, with the absences both of those teams had, it, it definitely hurt.
2: I would say it uh, if it was going to be uh, one goal for Chicago, uh, this was actually kind of a surprise that it was this goal, since there was that other moment where Bush was out of goal and uh, some Montreal defender got a fluke save. That could have very easily been a second goal there.
1: No, that's a good point. That's a great point. Uh, New York Red Bulls. Uh, couldn't capitalize. That That seems to be a couple of weeks in a row they've not been able to capitalize on, uh, excuse me, a couple of weeks in a row they've not been able to capitalize on uh, just advantages. And this time it was another early red card and um, just did not did not play out. Goals on both sides, though. Very exciting game that Dallas put up there. Uh, it, as far as the fantasy takeaways, for me, comes from the players you'd expect. question BWP over there on the Red Bull side. And from Dallas – whoever it is they can try to get the ball to go to uh frustrating diaz gets that pk Uh, barrios was involved but um some big question marks with what to really expect fantasy wise with Dallas. and then i think the favorite the most unexpected the the best game i don't know how you want to say but la gets a win (laughs) that's right it's it's a win la's got a got a, a win back um the question, though, I think, for fantasy managers is, is this a sign of new momentum? And, and I don't know how to answer that yet. I look forward to us talking about that yet. We did have Alessandrini and Jermaine Jones back on the field, and so that's not been something we've had for a few games. And it helped, definitely helped, but it's against Colorado, L.A. were at home, new coach. Uh, it's the kind of game that you expect most teams to win. So L.A. should have won, and... And it looks like it was convincingly, but still, was L.A. really dominant? That's the question. Colorado and L.A. both had the same number of shots. Colorado actually had more possession, just couldn't really do anything with it. So I think fantasy-wise, there's still some questions around the L.A. team. We'll be interested in seeing what's happening when Dos Santos, both of them, come back. Uh, But Alessandrini did Alessandrini things, and he got big scores for the players who had him.
2: I didn't watch this entire game, but a couple of things that stood out to me in the highlights was I feel like Colorado looked bad. And uh, someone on the show last week mentioned that they were on their third string keeper. And that also seems to show he gave up that first PK by tripping an LA player. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And on the LA side, I think I'm going to mess the name up, but Boa Tang looked really good. Um, He's somebody that's kind of consistently been just under my radar for fantasy, but I think he's worth a look after last game.
1: I think was he? Uh, if you remember, Mike uh, was he mentioned as a switcheroo potential last week?
0: Boateng? Yeah, I think I think someone had mentioned him as. as I know Andrew uh, Krola had him in his team as a differential, uh, which, which worked out well for him. I mean, I, I'm kind of comfortable saying LA was dominant, um, mostly because they got the goals so quick. They just kind of sat back because Colorado had no idea what to do with possession, and even though <laughs> Colorado had a lot of shots, it wasn't anything that that really troubled. Uh, I comfortably had the game on as background noise while I was watching college football, um, and I was like, "Oh, is that game still going on?" Uh, I mean, really, the only thing that, that happened of note was Jossie Zardes stole Alessandrini's goal because I'm 100 percent sure that goal that ball was going into the net if Jossie Zardes hadn't touched it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, every, every little bit that you can.
0: Yeah, I I don't blame the guy for doing it, but <laughs> it was like, man, those were fans; those were my points, man. <laughs> um,
1: he must he must have had himself on his fantasy team that's
0: for sure but i mean especially if you look at la's um fixtures coming up they're ugly it's like a whole lot of road games and i know la's been good on the road but we're talking like trips to seattle to atlanta to kansas city to houston um I i don't see anything from this game that changes what we've seen over the last few games uh i mean for anything to change for la like really the defense has got to prove itself against a good offensive team, which is not Colorado, and, you know, they've got to do something more consistent. I mean, if you look – I mean, their their roads, their fixtures coming up are at Seattle, home to Toronto, at Atlanta, at KC, at Houston. Uh, I, I don't think you're picking L.A. players too often coming up.
1: Well, those are all the games that we had. It was a short bye round. Of course, we had national team games playing. Anything else that you guys want to mention about any of the games that we had or any takeaways from the national team
0: games? Uh, my takeaway from the national game is that Matt Beasley needs to be a starter, at least when John Brooks is out. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's going to be the starter based on what Bruce's comments were this morning. Um, but I was, I was not impressed with Tim Ream. I was not impressed with Darlington Nagby I would very much appreciate it if they were not represent the team anymore <laughs> like I I don't know what Darlington Nagby does for the national team so um, I I would you know for fantasy wise this might make Sasha collection or Benny failhaber more likely to be called up I think you might see Dax McCarty as winning that job from Darlington Nagby going forward uh, I I'm just I'm tired of watching him do absolutely nothing for the team
1: we know they had a great discussion about Darlington on the, the most recent Extra Time radio mm-hmm. uh, show, and uh, they actually interviewed him as well, and Taylor Twelman was was joining in that discussion earlier on. It was really good, and a lot of it focuses about his ball control and desire for the ball and, and to just get up and go with it. So I think there's still a place for him there, and uh, there's – Room for him to grow and develop, as far as maybe confidence might be the right word. But uh, if anyone else feels like Mike, then I would <laughs> encourage you to check out this this episode of Extra Time Radio uh, because it it features him and uh, lots yeah. of people. To pay.
0: Yeah, and see, I, I listened to that. Right, it, it was a really good interview and a good conversation with Um, Twellman. um My point is, first of all, he's twenty seven. He's not. I don't think there's any more development. I think he's in his prime. He is what he is at this point. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of growth coming from him uh and then the other thing uh yeah i mean i'm past 27 prime is over it's it's done you know <laughs> um but, uh, I mean, so david, is that how you feel about david via D- david via is immortal he, he's okay. not he's not like his mortal men.
2: okay okay uh, <laughs> david via can be passed his prime but when your prime is that good
0: the downhill <laughs> no. still looks
2: really good <laughs> yeah. his his downhill
1: is still above minnie's prime okay yeah.
0: i got you uh, But Yeah, I would just like someone, you know, ball control is nice, but I think, you know, you either need to make the team better defensively or better offensively. And I don't think Darlington Nagby does either one of those things. You know, control in the middle third is an interesting um, tool in the toolbox of the manager. You know, so maybe he gets put on the roster, but as far as getting starts and being a key part of the team, you know, we, we needed someone to create a chance against Costa Rica and just he, you know, he—that's not who he is, you know. So, it's a
1: tough place to play. It's a tough, tough place. So we still, we still got a chance, but every don't ball, put,
0: ball. Don't put ball games ball. in Red Bull Arena. That's a place for losers. Don't put the okay. games there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for those uh, takes for round twenty-six. Moving on to housekeeping, getting ready for round twenty-seven. All the fun starts on Wednesday, September sixth at 7:30, it is a double game week though we only have two teams and one double game week game that we're playing uh so we have new york city with a double game week they have a double home game and also sporting kansas city with a <coughs> double game and it's a double away game so uh, i think that's going to be interesting to talk about in our next segment with some of the personnel issues and just history of these teams but new york city FC, New York City FC, and um, Sporting Kansas City are the teams to look at if you want double game week players. As we mentioned, World Cup call up games are still going on. I believe all of those end on the 5th, which is Tuesday. Tomorrow, if the show drops tonight, today, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, uh, keep an eye on player injuries. And, and who may or may not be available most likely will uh, let mike speak to this more don't know how much impact i don't think it's going to have a lot of impact on these games since many of them take place later in the week on the ninth so i think we'll have a lot of the guys back but do keep an eye on injuries now i want to point out patreon we have our special guest host tonight with here with us winston and uh he's here because of the support that he's given to us the podcast through patreon and with the level that he donates at each month one of his perks is that he gets to join us for a show and so we brought him on tonight uh winston i'm going to give you a l- couple of questions a little bit of time to talk about the patreon and the show so why is it that you you donate
2: uh well the joke answer is that i had an odd number of pint classes i needed to round that out <laughs> <laughs> i like it uh, but the the real answer is that uh, i listen to a lot of podcasts in atlanta traffic Um, This is the least corporate podcast that I listen to, so if I'm looking to help somebody out, it's going to (laughs) be you guys. Um, But this is really the big fantasy MLS podcast that's out there, and besides being a great podcast, I think that it and the thing that people on it have done has really helped to build fantasy MLS as a game, and it's a game that I enjoy playing, so that's my way of giving back. Awesome.
1: So what do you think is your favorite thing about this show, or why should other people listen?
2: Um, Well, if they're listening to this, they probably have already found at least one reason to listen. True. Uh, But I think my my favorite thing about this that's newer this season is the recaps of the games from last week and the games looking forward for the next week, because it turns it from being just a fantasy podcast into a general-purpose MLS show. And most of the real U.S. soccer-focused podcasts are either only looking at international or if they talk about MLS, they then spend half the show talking about Premier League and other European leagues instead of being really MLS-focused.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, So, yes, anyone, this is Winston who is giving you nothing scripted, just his thoughts about our show and Patreon and why he chooses to donate. We have lots of different levels. If you are interested in helping us continue to produce the show to help us with the fees that we have for hosting to help us with the fees that we do get to send out this little knickknacks and trinkets like pint glasses and stickers and very soon scarves to the people who donate then please head over to patreon.com that's patreo ncom com slash m-l-s-f-i and you can see what we post there we've started some new um VIP access segments. We're going. To, we're trying to make this more robust, so any ideas that people have, we want to hear them. We want to know what you want so that we can make this show an awesome experience for everyone. And now, one of the favorite things, I think, about our show, Mike, the injury report.
0: Okay, well, let's start um, with the biggest person in the double game week, and that's David Villa. Um, he was sent home from Spain um, because of a, a thigh calf issue, uh, the Spanish coach had his interview uh, this afternoon, and, and he said, you know, it, it p- picked it up at the end of practice, and thinks he he'll pro- he might not be able to play on Wednesday, may be able to play on Saturday. This is one you're going to have to look at the lineup for. Um, th- if you, if you followed MLS and MLS fantasy for a while. You'll know that sometimes international teams send players home with, quote, injuries, unquote, and then magically they play and play 90 minutes the next game back. Uh, I suspect this might be going on with David Villa. You know, Spain doesn't really need David Villa for Liechtenstein, whereas New York City really needs David Villa for Sporting Kansas City. I suspect that may be going on, but he could legitimately have an injury. He, uh, even though I said it earlier, he is not immortal. He can get injured, uh, although I really don't want that to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the situation. You're just gonna have to see the lineup uh, and, and see what David Villa is. Uh, I don't know if we'll get more information uh, between now and tomorrow, but if you if we do, I will absolutely tweet it out on MLS injury news. Um, other New York injuries and call-ups since, you know, call-ups will definitely affect this game. I would suspect everyone called up to not be available this game, uh, unless something weird happens. Um, so call-ups for New York city, uh, Alex ring and Herrera, Rodney Wallace and, you know, David Villa, but he's, he's already back. Um, for Sporting Kansas City, Matt Beasler, Graham Zusi, uh, Sony Saad are going to be your big fantasy absences. Um, for both of the double game week teams, there is no uh, yellow card accumulation warnings um, and no uh, disco suspensions that that I know of that are going to affect you. Um, New York City does have some injuries. Did I say that already? Um, Mikey Lopez is out for a month. Ethan White is out for a month. Um, so New York City is actually going to be only fielding like 14 uh, outfield players. So be aware of that. Um, the, there's not going to be a whole lot of rotation for this Wednesday game because there's not a lot of players to rotate in. Um, for other injuries, Bashan Swinsiger received um, a right leg injury from the tackle in Boulder he had to leave early. Uh, Boulder received a red card for that same tackle. Uh, He will be suspended next week. Jose Aja for Orlando received a two-game suspension because he got a yellow and then a red, so he got the yellow card accumulation suspension plus the red card suspension. Uh, Ja'Cory Hayes for FC Dallas will also be suspended red card uh, early in that match. Uh, Kevin Doyle for Colorado left early with a concussion. Uh, No timetable yet, but I would assume at least one to two weeks for him. So um, bad news for an already bad Colorado offense. Um, And then Yoshi Yotun uh, left Peru national team early with a back injury. No word on his timetable yet, but he did not participate in the match with – new england this week so i'm assuming it's least decent and then uh brandon vincent returned for the colorado fire this weekend so um you can put him back on your fantasy radar and then that's uh all the injury news that i have uh right now you know most of the most of the injury news will probably pick up later this week
1: great thanks a lot mike for uh that report we have one reddit question here at this point Uh, I think the answer is probably uh, New York City FC, but which team or teams do you think uh, were or will be the most negatively affected by international duty, Uh, either missing minutes or travel or just form in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think New York City for this game coming up, uh, they won't have Ring, they won't have Herrera. I mean, there was a poll for who's going to play defensive midfield for New York City, and the main options were either Andrea Pirlo or James Sands. And James Sands is like a sixteen-year-old kid that New York City signed as its homegrown. Um, so that's not a great set of options for um, you know Patrick Vieira go- going forward. I-, I tend to like Sands and actually want to see him play, but for fantasy purposes, it's going to be a really interesting lineup that Patrick Vieira puts out, especially if David Villa can't be back. So, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is New York City. Other teams you've probably thought of, um, Toronto with Bradley and Altidore, and and then a whole lot of other players going for Canadian duty. Um, Seattle with Dempsey and Morris and and Don being away. Uh, I think those are the teams that are probably going to be the biggest affected. Um, But, I mean, other teams like Houston, you know, if if they have to do some rotation, I think you can see that. But I I don't think it's going to be huge for the other teams because, like we said, most of the national teams will be wrapped up by Heat Tuesday night. And with playoffs coming, I, I don't think you're gonna see a whole lot of rest and rotation.
1: I mean, that that's what impacts me most with teams like Toronto and Seattle, with with Toronto playing on the ninth and Seattle playing on the tenth. I'm I'm feeling like a lot of those players are gonna be able to come back, especially with those playoff chances on the line. Now, though, as we say that, Toronto that's not really an issue for them, so they may decide to just play it safe. But still, for many teams, um, they they may decide to go with it. Seattle's actually not in that bad of a place either, so you never know. But I think they should be rested. Okay, thank you, Mike, for those uh, injury reports. Always great to have that insight. And everyone do stay tuned to Mike's at MLS Injury News account after international call-ups because you never know when an injury may pop up. So now we're going to get into our round 27 preview. This will be game by game since we only have one double game week game. And uh, let's just start out with a quick question that I feel like we should every double game week, uh, especially after that just just awful report for New York City, Mike. How many double game week players are you guys actually considering this week? And is anyone uh, on Sporting Kansas City that you like even with this double road game? Let's start with you, Winston.
2: Yes. I. The only person I'm really looking at from Kansas City is possibly Tim Malia in Goal. Um, I am looking at having a couple of NYC players, um, but this is a fake double game week. Uh, there's only one game extra, and it's NYC versus Sporting Kansas City. Um, and if you're the kind of person that wants to load up on every double game week player you can, then you're talking about buying literally a third of that game, and I don't want a third of NYC versus Sporting hmm. Kansas City. Um, and Sporting is on a double away game, so they're almost a trap.
1: <laughs> Star Wars reference, uh, Mike.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, th- this is almost like uh, my thoughts on this are almost like like the like Hokey Pokey. You know, sometimes I want to put like my right foot in and go all in with the double game week this time, and then sometimes I want to you know take it out and not have anything. Um, But for Sporting Kansas City, to your first question, I I don't want much of that. Um, If you look at their past two double game weeks, Opara has sat in one of those games, um, at at least one of those games. And that second game where Opara sits is usually a disaster. Um, So especially with two away, you're thinking Opara sits one. I'm not in love with sporting Kansas City's defense. Plus, they they won't have Beasler. They won't have Zuzi. So that's half of their defensive line that they won't have. Um, and yeah, New York City's decrepit, but I mean, they'll still have Jack Harrison. They'll still have Lewis. They'll still have Shelton. They're still playing at Yankee Stadium, which is a hard place for teams to get clean sheets anyway. I think New York City still only has one in their defense, has been. Um, so. I don't think Melia is a great option um, just for that reason. I think Johnson's probably the better keeper of the of two double game weeks. Um, me, the only defender, I, I have two New York City defenders, Johnson and Callens, but that's mostly because I looked at the rest of the schedule and didn't see a whole lot of clean sheets there either. Uh, I don't love the double game weeks. I mean, now looking offensively, I think Benny Falhaber is a great option this week. I think Maxi Morales is a great option this week. Um, and, I mean, you know, if David Villa plays and starts, like he's an automatic captain pick. Um, but, I mean, I, if you look at Sporting Kansas City, there's not a lot of consistent production. I mean, you could buy three Sporting Kansas City offensive players and still not be sure you've got the right one.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, think you. You nail it uh, with that. That Mike, there are for me at least there there are few sporting Kansas City options I really want to invest in, especially since they've they've not been great at scoring on the road, and uh, their defense is definitely going to be taking a hit with that. Your I mean your New York City (laughs) breakdown really brought some (coughs) fever into me, uh, and so I'm still shaken by that. But double game week, two double home games, it is. Uh, Tim, I think you, you nailed some of the players that if people want them, should definitely consider them. Myself, uh, right now I'm looking at two, maybe three double game week players total, depending on if I want to go with some differentials or just get crazy at some point. But yeah, I, I think this is around. I, I love the way you put it, Winston. This is a fake double game week. <laughs> this is not around where you have to really worry about stacking high to get good point totals. Uh, so let's just finish wrapping this up. Mike, what do you think, or Winston, whoever wants to give me the the projected score for New York City <laughs> versus Sporting Kansas City?
2: I'm going to guess yeah. 1-0. It's still NYC at home against Kansas City on the road, even with all the injuries and call-ups. Um, and it may be hard to get a clean sheet <laughs> in uh, Yankee Stadium, but I think this might be a good chance for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll say 1-1. Um, but if if Andre Pirlo starts this match, um, I will absolutely drop every New York City defender that I have. I, I, it, I, I won't do it. <laughs> um, I'm I am hoping to see a midfield of Tommy McNamara, James Sands, and Max Morales. If I see that, I'll feel pretty good about New York City's chances at least of getting a result. If I see Andre Pirlo, I'm crying.
1: We know Mike with more injuries, and call us. Maybe one day you'll get the the nod.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've, we, New York City Twitter has basically been people volunteering to play for New York City. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's let's uh, start a sort of hashtag going #hashtag Pick Mike for NYC. So NYCFC, <laughs> sorry. Um, we'll, we'll go with that. With that, okay. Moving on, Chicago versus New York Red Bulls. So. I think a lot of this is going to hinge on uh, Bash and Schweinsteiger. Dax will probably be ready to come back in, and uh, the Fire just, they have plenty of talent, so I don't think it's a huge hit to be missing one of those two guys, Uh, but they're definitely better with both Schweinsteiger and Dax back in there. So if Schweinsteiger is still recovering, I uh, think that could hurt Chicago as they're (coughs) trying to go for that that crucial second win to, to help their momentum get going again. I think the Red Bulls, though, aren't the easiest team for Chicago to face uh, when they're looking to get that, that second win in a row. Um, I think the Fire are going to have opportunities to score, but but they're, New York is not bad at scoring on the road themselves. So I think with Schweinsteiger, this ends up being 1-2 New York Red Bulls. Without Schweinsteiger, I think it's going to be 1-1. I'm not really a fan of uh, many of the players from this game just because I, I find it unpredictable. Um, Chicago had a good record at home, but they've been struggling. New York Red Bulls have been doing pretty well, but the last couple of games they've not been able to capitalize on those opportunities that have presented to themselves. So it's unpredictable. I don't like that for fantasy. If you twist my arm, my, my best pick would be Sean <clears throat> Sasha Clesson out of this. Uh, Winston, Toronto versus San Jose.
2: Well, after getting the bad news from Mike on NYC's chances, (laughs) I think this is your load-up game. Uh, I think this could be a 3-0 for Toronto. Uh, Toronto has not lost a home game in a long time. I don't actually think they've lost any games since, like, July. They've been really solid lately. San San Jose's away record isn't good. Um, They're 1-5 over their last six away games. Um, I think for must-haves, you absolutely need to have Giovinco and Vasquez, and it might be worth considering people in the back like Bono uh, for potential clean sheet options. And I don't think there are any must-haves from San Jose this week.
1: Okay, Mike. New York City versus Portland.
0: Wait, I want to add one thing on that San Jose. Sure. Um, before the match against L.A., like San Jose's on the road and this is after they fired Dom. Four um, nothing loss at RSL. Three nothing loss at Houston. Three um, nothing loss at Seattle. Five to one loss at New York uh, Red Bulls. Four to two loss at uh, Atlanta. So yeah, you should definitely load up on offensive players for Toronto against San Jose. Uh, I really wish we'd get more information about whether Josie and Giovinco, or I mean Josie and Michael Bradley, because I think it's going to be an offensive bonanza. Because Kansas, excuse me, uh, San Jose, since they went away from Dom, has not been good uh, on on the road,
1: <clears throat> and you know that's going to make TK happy. Uh, even if they do sneak one in, this just adds to uh, Wando getting those away goals potentially, which I think Andrew Webe gave us a guarantee about on extra time radio.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know w- Wando Lowski, you know it's 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 a wonderful life for him, but um, you know for the defense, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been so good. Um now uh let let's uh let's double do what what game am i supposed to do? Yeah, I'm I'm double doing New York City versus Portland. Yeah. Um so I mean th- this game it, I don't, I don't know if it, Portland doesn't match well with New York City mostly because um I mean they have Diego Valeri, but I think if you have a strong midfield like New York with Randy Mack and Herrera back. Uh, I think it's a mismatch. It's kind of like a guy, um, you know, make America great hat drinking a Corona. It just doesn't work. Um, so for this game, I, I think New York City, especially if David Villa is back, is going to have a lot of success. I think Valeri going to be bad for this game. Uh, Portland's defensive problems are going to be big problems in Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm thinking this is at least a 2-1 win for New York City. Probably depends if David Villa is in. Uh, but especially if David Villa can come back, let's be honest, this is a game you would have him back. So if the indication is from the lineup that we get on Wednesday that David Villa is healthy and can play in this game, I think you have to have David Villa and maybe even captain him just because I don't think Portland traveling cross-country to play against David Villa is a good matchup at all.
1: So what is an indication? Because all we're going to have is that lineup. What is the indication if he's in the eighteen? Does that mean he's in your team, ready for this game, or, or what? What I, I
0: think if he's in the eighteen, I okay. think if he's in the eighteen. I mean, now we might get some more information that might change my thoughts on that. Sure. Um, but I mean, especially if he's starting, like you, you have to have him. Um, but to me, I think if he's in the eighteen, that means like he's at least borderline to play. Um, and so I would. Then I would take the words of the Spanish coach who said he may or may not be ready for Wednesday, but he should be ready by Saturday, and say, let you know, go for it. I mean, I would make sure I have some backups on the bench just in case, um, but I think that's probably the kind of risk that, I mean, unless you're, I mean, I think that's the kind of risk you should take. Sure.
1: Winston, D.C. versus Orlando.
2: So DC is doing a little bit worse than middle of the pack at home. And Orlando, I think, is best described as a team in crisis right now. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to look at DC players. I don't have any interest in Orlando players this week or really anytime soon unless they start sorting some things out. Um, I generally would say that nobody that plays for DC is a must have unless they're on a double game week this uh, season since they've been having some issues as well. Um, but this might be a good place to look for a differential, especially at the back, um, since Orlando is probably not going to score. I'd look at Kofi Opara. He's 4.7 and has a value of 18.1 points per dollar. And if you're looking for a sneaky pick, um, Jalen Robinson, who a lot of people have not heard of because he's a homegrown player and has only played like three games, but in his last two games, he got a seven and an eight. And he only costs 4.8, so it's something where you can afford to be wrong if it doesn't pay out. I like that.
1: Do you like any of their attack? We had a question on Reddit where someone was toying with the idea of going with four DC players since they've gotten some wins and they're playing against Orlando. Do you agree with that, and if so, who else would you use?
2: I... Do not really agree with that um if you look at the forwards and midfielders at dc none of them are dependable for bonus points um and i don't think you can really predict who's going to get a goal in a given week Uh, so i would be more interested in midfield and back maybe if you want to get into the dc attack somebody like a uh luciano acosta uh could be a good option at 8.4
1: yeah, I think he's also their uh, highest-scoring fantasy player as well for uh, for this season. Uh, score prediction?
2: I'll go with 1-0. One 1-0. Zero.
1: One zero. Seems fair. Seems fair. Okay, next game that we have, New England versus Montreal. I'm going to start out with the score prediction for this one. I think it's going to be 3-1 New England. Uh, with Lee Win back, uh, I think New England gave us the result that we expect from a team that has the potential against a struggling Orlando team. So they did what needed to be done. Um, and I think they even said last week that it should have been, what, 5-0, I think some people were saying. They they were dominant. And this week I think we're going to see another strong showing. Uh, since New England really did not have any international call-up worries that they're going to have to be considering, De La was gone, but they they still have a pretty good defense in the back. Montreal, well, well, they struggled uh, last week, as we already mentioned, without key players like Jamali and uh, That they, They're crucial to their success. Now they should be back. As we also mentioned, later in the week, a lot of these guys are coming back. Montreal plays that that later game uh, against New England on the ninth. So, so there's plenty of time for those guys to come back in. As long as there are no injuries, uh, I'd expect a better performance from Montreal Uh, but the Revolution's defense, like I said, is pretty good, so I don't know if they'll be able to overcome that, and I think that uh, the Revolution will be able to get some goals to help them uh, just keep going. I'm high on New England's attacks, so definitely Lee Wynn and Kai Kamara after those two great performances are on my short list. Uh, Still, Piotti and that crew, they're just a special team, and um, since New England's defense is only pretty good, it's, it's not perfect. I, I question if they'd be able to get the clean sheet this round, uh, so I'm not really looking at their defense. And and I can even understand if you'd want to go with an away player from this game and maybe even look at Piotti to help capitalize on, on that. It uh, goes crucial returning players. So Lee Wynn, Kai Kamara, Piotti would be the three main uh, fantasy players I'd look at. Nobody really else in Montreal, though. Mike, Minnesota versus
0: Philly. No. <laughs> oh No, I mean, this is an interesting matchup just because these are two kind of weird teams right now. Um, The problem main looking at this is Philly's not very good on the road. Um, They just haven't found a way to win uh, away from from Philadelphia, from Chester. Um, So I I think your better options here on the Minnesota side. Uh, Ethan Finley is a really intriguing choice at 8.5. The only two times he's appeared for Minnesota, he's gotten seven points. Uh, We know Philly's defense is not great, so at home, I I think Finley's a pretty decent shout. Um, You know, some other players like...
2: uh Oh, Mike just dropped.
0: So I take it the uh, Patreon donations
2: don't go to his ISP.
1: No, they don't, yeah,
2: yeah. That may be something to look into.
0: (laughs) Um, So what did you get out of that, if anything?
1: Uh, You were saying Ethan Finley, and then you said other options, and it cut out.
0: Okay. Other options for Minnesota... Um, Molino, but generally I think there are other midfielders that are much better choices than Minnesota. So really for Finley, I would look at him. He's cheap, so you can use him as part of a switcheroo. In case you were thinking about doing that Jonathan Lewis switcheroo, I know a few people were talking about um, Minnesota is one of the games that it works with and Finley's cheap enough where you can fit him on the bench and do that switcheroo. So I'm thinking this is a 2-1, 2-0 win for Minnesota. Uh, no Philly options and Finley's your best choice from Minnesota.
1: Very nice. Winston, Houston versus Colorado.
2: Um, So this is a little bit tricky for me because these are not teams I normally follow. Uh, But from what I understand, Houston has been good at home and Colorado has been bad on the road. Uh, So I would say traditional wisdom points to Houston. Uh, I don't know how much this storm has affected the players. I know they've been practicing up in Dallas uh, for the past week or so. So that may be an issue with being away from home uh, more than usual. No, they, did,
0: they did they returned to houston today i saw some pictures of them coming back and they did train in houston today so at least they're kind of getting back into the houston routine as of this week
2: so they should have like almost a week of practice at home then i guess based yeah. on that yeah uh they also might be more rested because they got uh the game this weekend was postponed i believe that was supposed to be against skc yeah.
0: last weekend yeah
2: uh so then may then maybe work to their favor uh, I would stay clear of Colorado this week. For Houston, I would just go with the usual suspects from Houston. Your Kubo Torres and I kind of think there's probably better options than Houston this week. But if you're looking, if you're low on cash, Houston's a good option because their top tier forwards and midfielders are all under the average price for what you get. And your score prediction? I'll say two zero for
1: Houston. Pretty safe bet there. Okay, next we're going to have Vancouver and Real Salt Lake. Uh, to be honest, I hate this game. Um, <laughs> Vancouver, for me, is a mixed bag of results when they're at home. They've got wins, they've got draws, they've got losses all within these past six games. Uh, Real Salt Lake, historically, they've they've struggled to get wins on the road, uh, but they they're actually one of the better road scoring teams. So, I uh, again, like I mentioned up with uh, so that Chicago game. Uh, unpredictability is a huge factor for me, so I'm I'm not seriously considering any player from either of these teams. Again, if you have to twist my arm, then I'd go with Rusnak, um, but but I, it's not what it's not I like. I'd say a 1-1 one, one draw. I could see some points on both sides. Maybe Montero gets one, but uh, like I said, Vancouver had been very unpredictable on who's getting assists, who's getting goals. So who knows? Maybe we even have an own goal that gives them a point. So that's happened a bunch this year. So I I don't like it. 1-1 draw. I'd look elsewhere for for really more solid fantasy options. Mike, Columbus versus Sporting Kansas City.
0: Well, like I said earlier, uh, Sporting Kansas City tends to rotate Opara in the second game of the double game week. So I'm expecting Opara to miss with um, Zuzi and Beasler back. Uh, I still think that makes for an ugly game for fantasy-wise. Uh, Columbus has been pretty decent at home um, and Sporting Kansas City. You know, may, maybe they get one goal, but I think this is a uh, two-one or, or two-nothing for for Columbus. Uh, I think your better fantasy options uh, are, are Miram coming back from uh, duty with Iraq, uh, Higuain is back healthy now, uh, Ola Kamara. You know, the the usual Columbus players. I, I think could get a goal. Um, I don't think they're going to run rampant over Sporting Kansas City, but uh, I, I think Columbus is the better bet at, at home, especially with Sporting Kansas City having a midweek game and in, in Columbus not having a game for two weeks. So uh, I think it's going to be tough for SKC to get a result, so I would expect uh, Columbus to win.
1: All right, Winston, Atlanta
2: versus Dallas. So as an Atlanta fan, what I'm about to say is hard for me to to choke out. So <laughs> just uh, – just Bear with me if I choke up, Um, the traditional wisdom says you always get Almiron at home, uh, but I will not be doing that, and I don't really recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been having a difficult time getting into attack the past few games. Um, If you look at his form, he's running at two to three points per game. Uh, Martinez, who's also been explosive when healthy, has not really been as explosive since getting back from his last injury, so I'm hesitant to pick up either of them. I'm actually taking no players from this game, Um, and some of that, even though I think there may be some that are worth doing, is that I always err on the side of caution with my home team, because it's easy to get blinded because you like the players. If you're looking for somebody from this game, I think maybe Yamil Assad at 8.4 is a good pick um he's been consistent he's not going to go off the way that Almaron or martinez would but he has a decently high floor and is a pretty safe bet um if i were going to pick somebody from dallas i'd pick barrios but i can't because he's playing my team so that's a terrible <laughs> idea uh <laughs> Another thing to consider is that this is Atlanta's first game in their new home. Yeah. So it's the first game on turf. It'll be the first game in this atmosphere. Nobody really knows what the stadium is going to be like. Um, And it's a little cheeky to say, but Atlanta has lost most of the games the first time they play in a new stadium. Uh, Of course, they lost their (laughs) first game at Bobby Dodd, and they've lost probably more than half their away games. But everybody loses like more than half their away games. That's maybe not the best... uh, Example, but I would have a hard time trusting Atlanta for fantasy this week. Yeah,
1: no, I'd agree. I I think there's a lot of questions, especially about that field and some of the form that we've seen. And uh, I know that a lot of them, like exactly like you said, have been great go-to guys. But for me, I'm really looking at this game as a, an information-gathering game to see have have they found old form? Is how's this stadium going to play? How's this field going to play? So. Uh, I, yeah, I think you couldn't be more right. That this this is a game that I think we want to see just to figure out what the future of Atlanta might be, especially going into those just juicy double home double game weeks that are becoming back to back to back.
2: If if this game were last week and there was four games, I'd say absolutely load up on Atlanta. But there's tons of options. There's no reason to take chances on Atlanta. Play it safe and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean Atlanta has three double game weeks coming up, like in a row. Um, so I'm interested, Winston, while, you, while you're with us, um, one, do you think the turf, move from grass to turf, is you think just having so many games where the young expansion team is just going to be too much? Do you think they wilt or do you think they, they'll stand up and, and continue to produce results?
2: um you broke up a little bit there in the middle but i heard two questions first question um do i think the turf is going to be an issue Mm -hmm. i kind of do uh if you look at numbers on turf versus grass everything seems pretty clear that you get more injuries on turf uh so i would expect to see more injuries especially when we start hitting up double home uh games in a single week um that's just going to be a fact the team had originally looked at getting some nicer turf than what we wound up going with I think we wound up buying the same stuff they have at uh, the New England Revolution Stadium so mm. it's fine it's NFL grade it's an NFL stadium that's made some soccer uh, concessions so yeah I would expect to see a little bit more injuries on turf uh, I think the second question is do I think we're going to have issues with being a young expansion side with having to play so many games back-to-back. I think any team is going to have issues playing that many games back-to-back, but I still think that when you have an option of Atlanta on a double home game, you take it even knowing you might see some rotation. And the first time that happens, we'll get some idea of how much we're going to rotate people for double home games. Uh, And there's several of them back-to-back over the course of the next six weeks or so. Great, thanks so much for that, Winston.
1: Uh, final game, Seattle versus LA. And while the Vancouver game was one that I hated, I like this game. Very interested in it. So Seattle's not lost a home game since round nine. So that's I think it's actually nine in a row they've not lost. A very few draws in in that run as well. So they've been doing well at home. LA struggling to say it nicely, uh, but they've been doing well on the road. So they, they've been scoring on the road. Uh, so there's some question marks there. Siggy's so coming back up to Seattle. Um, both teams have had plenty of time for their national players to come back, get rested. Alessandrini and Jones are back in the mix. Maybe see Jonathan Dos Santos coming in again. I, I think there's lots of players in this game that are, are pretty good bets for fantasy options. I think Seattle's going to win it 2-1. to one. I don't think their defense will be holding up, especially I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this whole Jones thing works out uh, on defense, see what happens there. But uh, usual suspects, I think, all around Ladero and Dempsey, I think are going to be great looks at for Seattle if you want to go that way. And then Alessandrini is a great option for L.A. And maybe even Jonathan Dos Santos um, could, could be a time for him to come out and shine. L.A., Seattle, a huge game so I think this could be a good chance for some of those players to really do well. That's all that we have for our game breakdowns. Now let's move on to our player picks. Let's start out with keepers. Winston?
2: I've got Tim Malia at the moment. I may wind up trading him out for a single game keeper or possibly Johnson. Uh, I'm, Like I said, I think this is a fake double game week, so I'm really hesitant to make a lot of strong choices for Defender out of it. Mike?
0: Uh, I have a Sean Johnson. Um, if i sub him out. If I see Pirlo, I'll probably go with uh, Bono from um, Toronto.
1: Yeah, and I've got uh, a couple of those guys as well. I've got Johnson on there uh, just because I think he's the best double game week keeper. Uh, and then for single game weeks, I'm on a toss-up right now. Bono is one of them, but I'm also looking at Stefan over at Columbus. I think they could get get a clean sheet. Uh, moving on to defenders. Uh, I've got Zavaleta. I've got Machado over at uh, Houston. I think they've got a good chance. Uh, Callens is is on my list. Uh, even with the scare that Mike's given us, I they they might be able to get one. So I've have Callens on there, and then uh, Minsa over at Columbus. Mike?
0: Yeah, I have Callens too because he's a you know bonus point getter. So I don't have to depend on a clean sheet figure. You know, he's probably good for you know close to eight points. Um, even without, you know, if he doesn't get a clean sheet in either game, uh, I also have Machado. I, I think Houston, uh, you know, Colorado, I don't think he can score against anybody. Uh, so Houston's a good bet. And then I have uh, Mauro from uh, Toronto.
2: Winston. I have Collins and Sweat. I may drop Sweat now that uh, Mike has put some fear into my mind with regards to New York City. Uh, <laughs> and my third defender, I have Lear Dom from Seattle. I like their matchup this week.
1: Okay, moving on to midfielders. Mike.
0: Okay, well, I have uh, Almiron, Fellhaber, Wynn, Morales, and Vasquez.
2: Very nice,
1: uh, Winston.
0: So
2: I may change this tomorrow after I listen to the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, since that's <laughs> where I steal my picks from. <laughs> but at the morning, at the moment, I have Morales, Ladero, Rusnak, Valeri, and Vasquez. Okay, I had a
1: hard time settling on midfielders. I know I want five because I think there are some great games for midfielders, but there are so many great options, in my opinion, for this round. Uh, Lee Win and Vasquez are two easy picks for me. I think those will be uh, good form for Louis- Lee Wynn, just a great opportunity for attack for Vasquez. Uh, I have Morales right now, even without the, uh, uh, I think, and just the hardships that Sporting Kansas City has has suffered from their call-ups and uh, just their poor form. Usually they're, they're not strong defense, but road is still questionable. I think Morales has some great chances there. Um, Allison Drini, I, I like even on the road. I think he'll be great, but I'm also thrown around uh, right now. I have Valeri, um, but fail and Almiron are two other guys who have also been tossing back and forth uh, to go in there. But right now, Wynn, Vasquez, Morales, Alessandrini, and Valeri for me. Forwards, Winston.
2: Uh, I'm looking at Dempsey, assuming that I still believe he's going to be good to go at game time. <laughs> so I'm going to have to watch and make sure he doesn't pick up an injury tomorrow night. Um, and then if Via is back when we get the lineups on Wednesday, he is in and he is my captain. If he's not, uh, probably Giovinco and I'm kind of considering doing something really nuts and picking up somebody like a Jonathan Lewis or a Dan Saloy and then spending all the extra money on midfielders and defenders because yeah. both of them are almost free, and we'll get to see New York City's lineup before rosters lock. Very true. Uh, for me
1: down at forward, I'm looking at Kai Kamara. Uh, potentially, I, I, like, I like Torres's chance. He'd probably be my third pick with uh, or fourth pick with uh, forward. I'm also looking at Javinko. Yeah, you heard it, Mike. I said
0: it. Go ahead. No, I just said I've I've heard it. I'm I'm glad that you've seen the light, um, and, and that you you've converted to to the Javinko Colts. <laughs> well, well, he's
1: he's done. He's got some better form, and uh, that game against San Jose, I think I think has some some good potential. But uh, so yeah, Javinko, Kai Kamara are probably two of the top picks I have right now. Torres would come in there at third, but also keeping an eye on Villa um, because I could easily go Jovinko-Villa, or maybe even I might sacrifice a mid to try. If if Villa starts that first game and he has a good shot at 180, I'd consider sacrificing a mid and maybe going with uh, Jovinko-Villa-Kamara. What about you, Mike?
0: Uh, I also have Jovinko um, and David Villa. Um, if David Villa is a no-go on Wednesday, my plan is right now to have Jonathan Lewis and another forward, probably someone like Cubo Torres, uh, in a switcheroo.
1: Captains, uh, tough call for me um, right now with with Via questionable. Uh, I'm considering maybe Morales or Javinko. Mike,
0: uh, yeah. If Via starts, it's Via. If Via doesn't start. Um, I'm probably going to put it on Maxi Morales.
1: And Winston, you're still going with Via.
2: If Via starts, it's him. Otherwise, go for me. And then finally, best clean sheet chances, Mike. Uh,
0: I think I said uh, Houston and Toronto are probably your best two.
1: Winston?
2: Uh, For real clean sheet chances, I think it's Toronto and Houston, but I think NYC has a decent enough chance at getting one, and they get a second chance to have another one since they're on a double. So they may be worth picking up even without a high probability of a uh, clean sheet.
1: I have to agree. Yeah, Houston and Toronto definitely on my list. I'm also going to throw Columbus on there. I I think they've uh, got a good shot against Sporting Kansas City especially since they are not a great team at uh, scoring on the road. On the maybe side, I agree with you, Winston. I think New York City has a shot maybe at one clean sheet, maybe that first one. And I'm going to throw Seattle there, potentially having a, a shot at a clean sheet, depending on what L.A. is able to muster near the end of the round. Okay, well, that is all that we have tonight. Thank you so much, guys, for as far as picks go. Thank you so much for your picks and gang breakdowns. Uh, I hope everyone <laughs> listening uh, gets as much use out of this as Winston does during his morning drives for this fake double game week that's coming up. Now, moving on into community time, the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer this week. Uh, top marks actually go to our good friend and previous guest, on the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, Tyler Kelly, uh, our resident Wando fanatic. He racked up 136 points, um, and we played a little joke on him during this episode. Some of you may have already caught on to it. He may have just rage quit and stopped <laughs> listening uh, because Tyler is also the number one scoring player for all of round 26, not Jason. Congrats, man. It was Mike's idea. <laughs> um, next the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon League RJ Gage keeps number one Alex Bruni keeps number two and Matthew Littman stays at number three tough matches indeed uh, even with my score of 120 mm-hmm. I lost my head to head in the Patreon League and I have fallen to number eight which is rough uh, you said you did well in that though Winston
2: uh, yeah I got a draw this week which is That's better great. than a loss
1: That's, it is better than a loss for sure what's your rank
2: I don't know.
1: And I did not look. That's that's I my can... fault. But it's it's been a tough head-to-head round league, hasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, it's been really competitive. Uh, <clears throat> I know I'm somewhere in the bottom half of it, but I don't know exactly where. But yeah, it's been a good time.
1: And for anyone listening, that league was only available to our Patreon listeners. So one of the other perks you can get for being a donor. And finally, my favorite head-to-head league, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. So while I may have struggled in the Patreon league however in the host league uh, I kept my number 1 spot it was a close match against Phil but I was able to beat him uh, 120 to 110 so great great match Phil very tough competitor uh, Phil <laughs> Phil likes to point out how he is doing poorly in our Patreon our um, hosts head to head uh, head-to-head route league, but he's doing much better than many of us in the overall standing, So it's it's just the way it falls. It's just the way it falls. Uh, other than that, fantasy football twenty-four-seven stays at number two, and Andrew Crawlard stays at number three. But there are a lot of great games this time. Uh, Blaine beat Ivan from fantasy football first, one fourteen to ninety-seven. Uh, Jason, while he did not get the highest score, still did very well. He beat our good buddy Tim from Soccer Captains one fourteen to ninety. Um, fantasy football twenty four seven. They won. They got one hundred twenty one points. So uh, glad I wasn't playing them this round. But they went up against Simon, who I I don't know what happened to Simon. He does some traveling. He he does. Uh, I don't know. He. He's somehow a millionaire, I think, based on his work through NPR or whatever public radio station. <laughs> but he forgot to make any moves. I can only think, and he got one point. So, wow, Simon, Simon, you, you, you would have lost to Weeby. Come on, what happened, man? <laughs> uh, next, um, MLS did not do so well this week because Ben Bear lost to our good friend Andrew Pollard one sixteen to one oh six. Uh, speaking of Andrew Weebe, he lost to Mister Guy Sanchez, who also wasn't able to make his transfers this round, nineteen to twelve. So uh, <laughs> it was it was a rough round this time for Mister Andrew Weeby. And then Mike, you rounded us up with the last game.
0: Yeah, uh, I think for the first time all year, I had the highest score in the league. Uh, but unfortunately, I beat Travis. I didn't want to beat Travis. I wanted to beat any other guys. Oh, Boo! So, okay. but I beat, I beat him one twenty nine to eighty nine.
1: It was good. He's got a lot going on. So yeah. thoughts Come about the on, Travis? Travis. He's safe down in Houston, and he's doing what he can to help out. And down there some great pictures of him helping out the stadium. So good job. Good job, man. Will, it's okay. Uh, next week, round 27, I am taking on Mr. Guy Sanchez. Andrew Crawford is taking on Mike Ditton. That'll be tough, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I, I want be to beat Andrew. To- <laughs> you want to beat Andrew. Probably yeah. happen uh fantasy football 24 7 is taking on travis jason is taking on andrew weeby congrats jason on your win blaine is taking on ben bear phil is taking on simon and ivan from fantasy football first is taking on tim so it'll be a great round uh winston are there any other head-to-heads you want to talk about
2: this is actually the only head-to-head i play in i play a lot of classic leagues but uh something about the extra luck that gets brought into head-to-head just puts me off
1: <laughs> it's so much fun. That the smack talk, it's great. It's great. Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year.
2: You can maybe still smack, smack talk smack. in a classic league. You can, <laughs> but
1: it, it just doesn't have that same mm, bite behind it, I feel. It's true. Oh well, that's true. Maybe I just like Jason's
2: gifts. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, that's all that we have for the show this week. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh plugs, Winston, anything you want to talk about?
2: Uh yeah, the Houston Dynamo is suggesting that people donate to the American Red Cross. I think that seems like a good idea. Otherwise, no plugs for me. Mike.
0: Uh yeah, I know MLS has a t-shirt, you know, that a number of pro- good I think most of the proceeds from that go to to the Red Cross, so you know, look for I know MLS will have a lot, lot of opportunities for the MLS community to help out Houston, so take a look at that, see what you can do and uh, hopefully you can help out because I know a lot of people down there need it.
1: Definitely you guys uh, have already mentioned what I was going to say about uh, the Red Cross donation. So, yeah, please do reach out for those opportunities to everyone down there who, who does need help. Uh, on the fantasy side, please, with this double game week coming up with a Wednesday start time, stay tuned to uh, MLSFantasyBoss.com and our slash FantasyMLS for those tips. And I'll have a couple of articles coming out this week over at MLSSoccer.com with some uh, top 50 rankings and, of course, the player picks. So that being said, good luck.